Hello, everybody. Welcome to Har Har Har. I'm Jason Harding, and I'm alone. <laughs> I'm Mike Harding, the youngest of the Harding boys. And I'm Matt Harding, dead in the middle. <laughs> Wait, we're the dead? Harding brothers, all three of them. <laughs> when did that happen? You became a zombie between shows? That's not fair. I want to be That's something now. back in the middle. That's what I am. <laughs> okay. And I, I'm old. I'm not going to say I'm oldest. I don't... I don't want to like have a like I'm superior because I'm the oldest one. I'm the dumbest one. I'm the dumbest one. <laughs> I don't know. You're pretty wise. Am you're I? telling me all kinds of bad things about uh. uh well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to bring it up. You want to bring it up here? It's okay. It's all right. I was yeah, gonna say one, you were... there's one fact that Jason always tells me about getting old, and I'm not saying it on air. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a lot of things I've been warning them about getting old because it sucks. No, it there's sucks. just one specific thing that you've warned me about over and over again. <laughs> oh, you mean one sitting on your very mall? specific thing. <laughs> Is it the moles? I was always warned no. about the moles. No, it's Mo- not anything about moles. Moles and skin tabs. What you need to do is the next time you see dad, look at his arms and go, one day, my arms are going to look like that. <laughs> no, no. It's, that's because dad's never used moisturizer in his entire life. Or, and he sun, just or sunscreen. Out, he he sun just sit out in the sun and just burn. Mm-hmm. With no hat, no hat on at all. He was <laughs> yeah, blind pilot because like dad's been bald since I've known him. So since I was like three, when dad was a hippie, he was still, his hairline was already receding in his 20s. So I've only known him for being bald his whole life. Yeah. You saw him when he had really long hair, right? And a really long beard, yeah. Yeah, I have no concept of that. I, I'm, take, I'm used to 90s. I'm used to 90s dad. You he know? had a there's beard one, like halfway down his chest. Right. There's like the a one really wedding time. photo we saw. We've seen that they've shown us where he's very way off at the distance. Yeah. Wedding photo, you said? Yeah. There's one wedding photo that we've ever seen. Not his wedding. Not dad's wedding. Yeah. Dad and mom. Mom yeah, and dad. Because he was he was trimmed all prim and proper by then. He cleaned he cleaned yeah. himself up. Yeah. It, it wasn't a long phase for him. I think it was after he got out of the air force. He was yeah. just like no no more. I'm not because he. Dad looked like the meanest geek in the Air Force. He was so skinny, and he had so many guns. Dad knows how to kill people. and so He knows how to throw a knife and kill someone from like 100 yards away. Yes, he does. Yes, our dad does. The nicest man we have ever known, and probably will ever know. I think I told Dad this when I was talking to him on the phone this week. I said, Dad, sometimes when I'm, I will just look at you, and I'll be like, that man knows how to kill someone with his bare hands. And he does. He knows how to break. He knows how to do all those stunt things in movies. I think Mike's gone. Is he? Yeah, he's frozen. Oh. Either that or he's having a stroke. He'll come back in in a second or two. This happened last time, too. So, just uh, you know, I, I think it's easy to know how to kill somebody, but to have the constitution to do it, that's the other thing. And that's that's what Dad has. They he's trained it in him. They trained it yeah. into him, yeah. I'm getting worried that Matt's... And stuff, no, you know. Let me see if I can add him back in. I can't because technically he's on the phone call. Oh, well, anyway, we can't get started with our topics until... Until, until Mike gets back. So what we're going to do is we're, I may edit this out. I probably it's double hard now. Double hard. <laughs> it's double. Okay, please share with the audience what you think we could have named the show, please. Triple hard. Triple hard cuz we're a movie from the 90s. <laughs> or from the, the X's. Or the aughts. Yeah, triple hard. Triple hard. But then people would start calling us Triple H, and there was already a Triple H, wasn't there? There was, yeah. Okay. I was never into wrestling. God is too much for one hard man. Wait, were you into wrestling when you were a kid? Yeah, of course. 
I don't remember you collecting a lot of the stuff. Uh, I had I had a couple of the toys, but I was into for for a short time. There was a time where it was like Hollywood Hogan and the NWA and um, Sting, who was basically just honestly he was just the Crow. That was Sting was a guy who was like a regular wrestler, and he saw the movie The Crow and was like, and then I'm stealing that. Yeah, that's (laughs) (laughs) he saw that movie and it was like like a beam of light came through the movie theater and just struck him. (laughs) And that point on, he was the Crow and. Uh, they had like a big, big, you know, big ass war on on uh, WCW. That that was the era I remember. Okay, I'm trying to trying to messaging us. Yeah, he is. He's like, what happened? I'm sending him a link. Now he's dead. that probably picked up on the mic. Him messaging us saying, I can't get back on. Skype is dead. He says he'll be here in a second. Something more important must have happened. He's resetting his computer. Mm-hmm. No wrestling, like wrestling stuff. That didn't really hit big until like you guys, like late eighties and into the nineties. That was just like, there's a lot of stuff that really hit you guys hard that I just did not like Dragon Ball Z. Uh, like, Dragon Ball Z was a little bit after my time, I think. Like, was it really? Like I was old enough to watch the show and I hated it. Like <laughs> I, I like I liked the Dragon Ball, but uh-huh. Dragon Ball Z and anybody who's ever watched it knows kind of like the Americanized version. They they used to because they were they they had caught up to the manga, mm-hmm. so a lot of what they were doing was like stalling. So every episode was just painfully uh, uh slow and and mm-hmm. as a person as an adhd person like i just could not do it i just couldn't i just couldn't do it i well, every time i saw anything about it someone was screaming yeah because like, i don't need that some bad guy or they would all throw a fireball at the bad guy it'd be huge explosions and then it would very slowly pan up and they would show every single character being like oh my god you know and then it would pan up and then he'd be like ah you gotta do better than that and then it'd be like goku running on some bridge or something right be like hey, guys and that was like every episode well you know who did what did uh, Dragon Ball Z did hit one of us in the face real hard, and he's not here to defend himself. That and Power Rangers, yeah. Did Power Rangers hit Mike card? Oh, did yeah. it really? Oh, yeah. Uh, we, used to, we used to go as a family to Toys R Us, and it was the only time we would do this, but we would go to Toys R Us with like lawn chairs, like six o'clock in the morning. Oh my just gosh! To, just to get those Power Ranger toys for him, because he, you know, like they'd be dropping the new one, and like they would sell it so quick that yeah. we'd have to go there just so he can like get the new Red Ranger or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it was horrible. Why didn't they make enough toys so the kids could casually just walk in and get Power Ranger toys? Why my little brothers have to wait outside in the dewy morning where there are sex predators all over the place, probably waiting for parents to leave to go get McDonald's breakfast just so they yeah. can get a red Power Ranger? That's that's nonsense. How dare you endanger every, the whole family, Mike? This was what, Dublin, California? Yeah. I think we're, I think we're okay. There was a prison right there. <laughs> yeah, there was a prison right there, and the, all the perverts were watching you from the prison going, oh, the new Power Ranger toys are out. My, uh, my internet, sorry about that. My internet just decided, nope, this is a hard out. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving. That <laughs> just went no way, Jose. Yeah. Oh, Anyways, well, that's all right. On, on, we covered. Uh, we talked about you. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I can tell. Uh, <laughs> we immediately turned on you as soon as you disappeared. <laughs> we were talking about Dragon Ball Z and Power Rangers. Yep. I think Mike's computer just went down again. Really? Yeah, I think it's going to be me and you doing the topics while Mike tries to figure out why his computer can't do Skype. Well, I know he wanted to talk about the 70s, which makes no sense to me at all because he was not even close to being alive during that time. No, neither were you. No, neither yes. were I. You're closer. We're oh, talking right. about the 70s? Yeah, we're talking yeah. about the 70s. Mike. Yeah, turn, so... Turn your camera off. That, I think that's that's eating up a lot of your, your stuff. Okay, let me uh, let me try that. This is embarrassing. No, it's first, we, just, we talked about how we were just confused about Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. No, it's an entirely confusing show. We know you love yeah, it. We talked about waiting Wait, at Toys R Us for powering. DBZ is unwatchable. <laughs> it's an unwatchable 
watchable show. I don't know how I... Uh, you loved it. I know. I know. I, I really did love it. And, like, you know, there's part of me that, like, is like, oh, man, you know, there's some, like, cool stuff about that. But, but man, unwatchable. <laughs> you know, the one thing I wanted to know, and maybe you can answer the question for me. The only character I cared about in all of Dragon Ball Z was uh, Krillin. Did he... Did, how did he do it? Did he make it out? Did he make it out all right? Sure. Yeah, he got married to that android, and then they had a kid somehow. <laughs> uh, well, she's like a cyborg, I guess. I don't know. Okay. So she had she had a, a human vagina on that robot body and a womb, I guess. Yeah. And the rest was all robot. Some insane person in Dragon Ball Z world when yeah. I know what I'm going to make. I mean, the funny thing is, is they made a point of like having her like dead behind the eyes, you know, like her eyes were just hollow. Okay. Like she's not human, but she can have she human kids. Ball written by a dude, probably, right? Well, sure. Yeah. I think maybe we should get to our topics. Yeah. And since Matt went first last time, I'm going to make Mike go first this time. But he's gone Here's now. <laughs> okay. I'm making uh, Mike go first because he's dropped twice during this podcast. Mike, your topic for this week? Faulty internet. That's what he wants to talk about. <laughs> Doesn't he work online? I mean, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he works from home just like all of us COVID people. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. It's your to get. We can't do it until he comes back. So now we got to make fun of Dragon Ball Z some more. <laughs> That's going to be the whole podcast. This one should just be called Matt and Jason make fun of Dragon Ball Z while Mike mm-hmm. uh, flails well, on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you. You had Silverhawks. Remember Silverhawks? I you had. And I, I had. Uh, I had some Silverhawks. Yeah. Uh, he Man was a little bit before my time, but I, I yeah. just caught that end of it because i did name my my first pet which was a chinchilla he-man a chinchilla he-man yeah you remember him <laughs> yes i do i remember that he used to he, dad would take him out of the cage and lay down on the couch and put him on his chest and then like a spaz he would run all like do a loop yeah like a rodent like the rodent he was yeah the, was the... was the chinchilla your idea or was it dad's idea i was dad's yeah i was a little i was like a little kid i was like a dad, little, little so dad wanted a chinchilla yeah i didn't even know what a chinchilla was he brought it home he's like this is a chinchilla and i was like oh, okay that's my first knowledge of what a chinch- i've ever seen a chinchilla if it was yellow it could have been a pokemon it could have been yeah a pikachu I, I saw mike briefly hi i'm here okay yay okay mike you're gonna this be here so, for about three minutes i know this so, is so frustrating don't worry about it uh so yeah now the reason i wanted to talk about the 70s is because jason you have like practical life experience i was the only one out of the three of us that was alive during the 70s and i don't uh-uh. and neither and all of it i was alive for all of the 70s and for me you know specifically it's such an issue like i think it's really interesting the contrast between decades right and how how the culture changes just really based on like an arbitrary number but for some reason like you know the 70s had a very different feel from the 80s the 80s had a different feel from the 90s the 90s had a different feel from the the aughts right um, well, I can sum up the why, it, especially as a kid, why it was so different. Right. Reagan. Ah. Reagan, the Reagan administration loosened how you can sell to children on television. Mm-hmm. He got rid of it. In the 1970s. Regulations. Yeah, there are regulations for how much you could make children's programming and then have commercials that were directed towards children. It was very limited. And so this is how Saturday morning cartoons got started. Mm-hmm. So they could, the, the big network said, okay, well, we have programming for children, but we can only do so much of it. So let's stack it on Saturday morning, their deadest time spot, right? Yeah. And none of the shows that were on could directly market to kids. So like you're watching Scooby-Doo, it's not like you're going to be able to go to the toy store and find Scooby-Doo stuff. There wasn't mm-hmm. anything like that. 
there would be commercials for like the Bionic Man action figures or, you know, Ganip Ganop or, you know, the Life game and serial commercials. But those were the only times you saw it was on Saturday, Saturdays between I think the, the our programming hours were between 7 a.m. and like 11 o'clock, 1130. Right. And that was it. Then in the 80s, when you guys were born and it was in full effect by the time you were born, born Mike. They could do it anytime. So all of the local people, everyone, I mean, the local channels also had cartoons, but they would stagger it like throughout the week, like two hours here, two hours there. They'd get in fights about what is considered children's programming and what isn't. They would have like kids shows, but there wouldn't be any advertising towards children. Maybe one or two commercials spread out over a two hour period. But it was the networks that created Saturday morning cartoon stuff at that slot. And that lasted a long time, even after like Nickelodeon came around, because Nickelodeon couldn't exist until those restrictions came off. And then it was like, here's a cartoon show based on a toy and you can go get the toy. And we're pretending that this isn't a half hour commercial for the toy because all the toys that we were kind of talking about while you were gone, they were all shows. Oh, yeah. It's like there's the biggest one. The biggest one that I remember for you, Matt, because you had so many of these goddamn things were the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. You had like all of them. And I was like, this used to be a black and white comic. (laughs) This used to be a grim black and white comic that was kind of a parody of grim black and white comics. And now it's like my little brother has 300 action figures. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot. Um, You had had the blimp. You had the turtle blimp. Yeah, you did. I did have the blimp. Dad got so excited about building it. Yeah. When you got it. Yeah, I did have the blimp. I think the two vehicles I had was the blimp, and then there was like a little uh, weird like sewer sewer jet ski thing that the... I remember that. Crocodile would ride, the crocodile guy. And you had the the other stuff. But we're getting off topic. We gotta go back to the 70s, right, Mike? Mike, If you can still hear me, can you (laughs) hear me? I can hear okay. you. Were you screaming at us this entire no, time? No, 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 no. Uh, okay, so what do you youngsters want to know? You want to know what it was like before Star Wars was a thing? Well, I, fucking so, boring. How's that? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean specifically, you know, like okay, and this is all just theory to me, right? This is all just concept to me, right? So it's like the '70s was, you know, one of the big things in the '70s was the the sexual revolution, right? But then in the '80s, sure. it was like this weird Christian re-enlightenment era. But then like. Like, you know, in the 90s, uh, uh, I felt like things got real, real fun, you know, and, and and then in the in the aughts, like weirdly sexist and homophobic and like racist yeah, again, yeah. you know, as the boomers got older and they became even more conservative. <laughs> I mean, you have to understand the predominating the predominant group in all of those decades that you've mentioned, mm-hmm. they were all boomer led movements, right? Right. Um, That's what I in know the 90s. Yeah, the 70s, 70s wasn't. When the boomers, yeah. they planted the seed for, for everything that would come for chaos. later. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the 70s, the boomers were also called the me generation. Right. So in the right. 1970s, they were, a lot of them were like throwing off you know, all the stuff that their parents, you know, did. Hey, you're not happy in your marriage? Your marriage, just get a divorce. Divorce skyrocketed in the 1970s. And they were always pursuing these kind of self-help, get-rich-quick kind of... That's when Herbalife became, you know, the the MLM that everyone knows now. That's when Herbalife became Mm -hmm. popular. People started joining cults. 
you know, um, a lot of it. That's when cocaine became really popular was the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Um, so while some people talk about the sexual revolution, yeah, there was a revolution for men. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there was it was kind of like, hey, you can sleep around and we encourage everyone to just sleep around. And then after the 70s. So, I mean, the, the, the you want to know the biggest thing about the 1970s? When you were a kid, nobody pandered to you. There was right. like, the, yeah, there was like movies that came out that were for kids, but they were goddamn awful, right? They were just fucking awful. Remember, the 1970s was the first time in film that we had the rating system, right? Mm-hmm. Where you could be, you know, G, PG, or R. And boy, were they waiting for R because in the 1960s, they still had all the same restrictions and they were starting to break loose. And those then the 70s hit. And this is one of the reasons why that decade is so well known as being a great decade for movies is because all of a sudden you can show tits and blood, right? If you said mm-hmm. one one fuck, you got an R rating. That was it. All you had to do is say one fuck and you got an R rating. Now it's but like PG, two, right? Now it's two yeah, fucks. I, I don't know. So what the, what's really funny is PG, PG, and this lasted into the like the mid 80s you could have tits galore in a movie there's a, if you guys have ever watched like the uncut unedited versions of like the Beastmaster or a large number of other movies there was a certain limit of how many nude scenes you had but there was PG allowable nudity that's gone I don't think you can show anything nude in a PG movie now not yeah. even a flash of it but it was pretty common in the 1970s about midway through the 1980s you could have that I don't you, know you could even show real people in PG movies anymore is there a PG movie that's not a cartoon <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> do you guys know uh, you guys probably know you know which movie you started the PG-13 rating yeah it was Temple of Doom yep because Steven Spielberg was allowed to get away with a lot I mean you watch watch Raiders of the Lost Ark that was a straight PG movie right <laughs> and we got had guys heads explode a couple of dudes melted at the end <laughs> he kills so many people granted they're Nazis but I mean he kills so many people in that movie and it's still just a straight PG. And then uh, what also didn't help was Gremlins. Dad took mm-hmm. me to see Gremlins. I was, I don't know, 14, 15. And it was marketed as a little kid's film. And it's one of my greatest movie memories is sitting in the audience. And granted, there's gross stuff in Gremlins, and it is and it is kind of scary. But a man, we were surrounded by mothers who had brought their five-year-old kids to see <laughs> the, the cute little the cute little Mogwai um, gremlin. Yes, and well. to know that the majority of it was a goopy scary monster movie like when when spike dies at the end of gremlins there was a kid literally on the floor screaming i wanna go home <laughs> they they put gremlins and blenders in that movie yes they, crazy. Yeah, they put them the one went in the microwave oh yeah the mom sticks one in the microwave um but i mean like in the 70s one of the reasons why star wars is like big for gen xers is because a lot of people a lot of gen xers point as Star Wars as being their Woodstock. Yeah. Oh. Because everybody that was old enough remembers when they went to go see Star Wars. I saw it with my dad at the Coronet Theater in San Francisco. I remember standing in that line and getting in there and, and getting to see the movie. Everyone that's knows funny. What, Yeah. Uh, it's funny because uh, The Phantom Menace is your Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
put you into <laughs> having PTSD flashbacks of that. <laughs> I remember walking because I saw that at the Coronet. I had turned 30, right? I was excited for it despite what I saw in the in the preview. And I saw it and I walked out and I I swear to God, I was like, that couldn't have been bad that I just saw. Was that bad? Did I see it and it was bad? And I saw it a second time and I went, it got worse. How did <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> I remember uh, I saw uh, Post saying do stand up, and he was talking about how he had to let go of his hate for the prequels because <laughs> as he's getting older, he didn't want to die in a supermarket. Uh, <laughs> on a supermarket. <laughs> yeah, because he sees like a Padme toy or something, and he just. I've, gi- the- I've, you know what? I've given it up to. I don't. I don't hate the prequels. I, I'm. They're just bad movies. They're just bad. You know, and with there's the pre- some good stuff, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, with the prequels, I think there was a lot of good concepts. But then uh, the execution of all of it was just real, real bad, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's also I I know more about George Lucas now, mm-hmm. and I know that his the guy who who produced helped him produce Empire quit because he was like all George cares about is is toys, and that's <laughs> why Return of the Jedi is the way it is, and that's why the prequels are the way they are because mm-hmm. everything was being made so that they can market it and make it into a toy. That's why why the their their frames are so goddamn crowded yeah. with just bullshit that doesn't mean anything. Star Wars didn't have that. The closest they got to that was the cantina scene, and that was in there just to say, "Oh, look at all these weird aliens." Not, "Hey, we're going to make money off of every single one of these action figures." Right? And so that got worse and worse. And for a, a producer to quit a movie, a producer's sole purpose is to make the movie so he can make as much money as possible, and he quits saying George isn't interested in telling stories anymore <laughs> jesus christ what what did that guy go through to become disillusioned as a producer to go the, oh no that original trilogy i think is interesting because it kind of is almost like a time capsule sort of metaphor for uh what movies were turning into right around the late 70s to the <laughs> to the early 80s you know yeah like the first movie is is really uh, an example of the the hollywood renaissance right with all these new directors coming in with all these new ideas and doing all these mm-hmm. new cool things yeah and then like the second movie was like oh you know a big budget sequel that actually works but it felt like really cold and like uh adult you know sort of like good you mean (laughs) it was just like it was just good they took their character seriously yeah they didn't repeat themselves Right. So but there, there was a lot of like sci-fi around that time, like Dune and Blade Runner. And well, I guess Dune was later. Sorry. But... Dune was later and Blade Runner was later, too. Yeah. I think but it was the... also when the three act structure was really getting nailed down. It was around that time. Yeah. 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 And, and then started too. Return of the you... Jedi was just a puppet fart. Yeah. Like, but I mean, up until Star Wars in the 1970s, we had like Lassie action figures and Lassie was as big as a goddamn horse. <laughs> and... And there were some other things, but nothing, the idea of collecting them. And then Star Wars came out, right? And I got the box that promised action figures mm-hmm. for Christmas. So you just sat there staring at a box for months until they started arriving in the mail. And that's what really changed everything. Because right after that, then Micronauts came out. And uh... Um, yeah, and Mego, who made the... Um, the old school dolls for like, well, they did all the comic books. They did uh, both uh, Marvel and DC characters. They were about, I don't know, eight and a half inches. They all wore clothes that you could take off. Mistake. You could take them off. Usually the heads were molded with like Batman had his cowl. Mo- it was molded mm-hmm. for the head, but you could strip off all the rest of it. <laughs> 
best costume. <laughs> so he's just Batman running around naked with his cowl on. Uh, those kind of hit kind of big. I kind of miss those those dolls, actually. They still make them. But none of those toys... It's like Super Friends came out in the 1970s, but you couldn't go to the store and buy Super Friends toys. Oh, really? No, you couldn't. There was not, that didn't happen until the 80s when they said, okay, yeah, right. fuck it. You're a half-hour commercial for a toy brand. And that's like the biggest difference is like Saturday morning cartoons were like... There was a Batman show, but it was kind of related to the comic book. It had Batmite in it. It was being voiced by the same dudes who did the TV show in the 1960s. There was like a Tarzan cartoon. There was some live action shit. There was a live action Shazam where (laughs) Billy Batson is riding around in a Winnebago with an old dude. And when he turned (laughs) when he turned into Shazam, it was like a middle aged man with like a with curly (laughs) hair. It looked like he could get winded just walking around. It was like <laughs> there was like the Shazam Isis hour where they just Wait. made up a superhero code Isis. Was the old man the wizard? No, the old man was just an old man. There was no wizard involved. There was no origin story. It was like blam, Billy Batson's riding around in a Winnebago with this other dude in the the deserts outside of Los Angeles. You know, when you hear about stuff like that, I I feel like the original pitch for that show was like everything in what you just said except for the Shazam stuff. And then mm-hmm. some network executive or whoever, whoever they sold this to was like, you know what? Let's make it a Shazam thing though. So yeah. we'll still have yeah. a guy in the Winnebago with this other person, but mm. you know, we'll just like do some Shazam stuff. And there too. was there was Land of the Lost. Mm-hmm. No, no Land of the Lost toys. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get a slea stack. You couldn't get a dinosaur related to it. If you were lucky, maybe you got a lunchbox that's a, a, like associated with it. Here's a, another bigger one. Uh, the Muppet Show, which mm-hmm. was like the late 70s huge show right the most you could get is maybe like an animal or a miss piggy or kermit puppet and then like school supply stuff like there weren't any backpacks with with stuff on it right there was no there was no battlestar galactica backpack but battlestar galactica came out after star wars and they had toys and action figures when battlestar galactica came out so it was it was a weird time where by the end of the 70s going into the 80s I was kind of getting too old for Saturday morning cartoon crap, but that's like when G.I. Joe and He-Man and all of the basically commercials were, that's when, that's what happened in the eighties. And it hit you dead in the face at the very end when they had perfected it with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, dude, that thing was bigger than anything that had come out before it. I'll include uh, Star Wars as well. You, uh, had a lot of Star Wars toys. I had a lot of Star Wars toys. And I was not allowed to touch a single one of them. You had, you had, uh, you had boxes. Uh, you had the Millennium Falcon and play sets and, and all this cool stuff. Sure. And I'm gonna. I, I guess now's the time to tell you. Uh, I touched them. I played with them. You and you oh, were yeah, gone, no doubt. Like I don't. I, played with them. I don't doubt it. You know what? You know what I collected? Like a crazy person into my G. teens. GI Joe. GI Joe. I remember the GI Joes. Yeah. I remember GI Joes and Star Wars. You had a. You had a, a lot of those. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like a military dude. You know, I'm no. not a military dude. I think it was the level of detail and the fact that because by the time Star Wars was pretty much old over as a toy line after 83 mm. right it was it was they were trying to do things with like the Ewoks cartoon show and and uh, I don't know what was the droids one with C-3PO and R2-D2 mm-hmm. that came on in the 80s but for the most part it was just done what I liked about it is G.I. Joe had these cards on the back right that told you the guy's backstory and where they came from and they were written by Larry Hama from Marvel 
who was also writing the comic book. And it was the right. comic book that I really got into in the in the early 80s. All right, what else you want to know? What was different in the 1970s? I, I, Parents I just, just wandered the, off. <laughs> I just remember the Ewok, the, the Ewok movies and how traumatizing they were. I, I don't think I ever saw the first one, but I remember seeing the second one. The second yeah, one is awesome. With that the crow lady? Yeah, it, but they kill like literally everybody. Like in the, the beginning of that movie, she's got that. And I, I remember like the back of my hand, but she has that bracelet that like has the lights for her whole family. And if the lights <laughs> like go out, like that means that yeah. their family members are all dying. Yeah. And the, those those like crazy monsters come in to start murdering like everybody. It's great. And Wilfred Brimley has a big old sword fight with the main bad dude at the end. Yeah, yeah. And Wicket's not talking. He's just no, being Wicket. That little guy was super fast too. Like he just disappeared after that. Oh movie. yeah, but Wilfred Brimley's him. friendly dude. Yeah, they never brought him back. Whatever happened to him? Bring him I back. Don't know. Free hey, him. put him put him in as a, as a background alien for Mandalorian or Boba Fett. Yeah, do it. I, I wouldn't put it past John Favreau to do that. Um, I will say that the paranoia about children in the in the 1980s and the 1990s and going forward was not present in the 1970s. You know, like there was a well, for example, in the 1980s and especially for you guys, there was a predator lurking around every corner of every street. <laughs> you guys could not go anywhere unescorted. Right. I'm, I'm hoping to God you guys had some freedom when you were little kids, but I don't think you did. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. See, here's. <laughs> Let me let me give you an example of what it was like to be nine years old. Nine years old for me. Okay, in the summer, get up after parents leave, watch whatever cartoon you can find in the morning, go out of the house on a bicycle, and do whatever you want. <laughs> Within reason, I you know I had a paper route, so I had money coming in. Um, so I would actually get up a little bit early, do the paper route, have some cereal, watch some cartoons, watch some reruns of whatever was being rerun on the local stations. Go out, throw rocks at crawdads in a creek. Um, come home at around six o'clock at night. You know, I would spend days. I'd go to the park and climb a tree and read Mad Magazine. Right? Mm -hmm. I had a lot of freedom. And at no point did anyone try to touch my butthole. It just was... Now, maybe I was an unattractive kid. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't, like, on, on perverts' radars. But there wasn't, like, this um, terror that at any moment I could have been kidnapped or someone could have shown up at the house because we were there by ourselves, you know, and break in and, I don't know, kill us and take the TV or something. There just wasn't... For some reason, paranoia ramped way up in the 80s hmm. about about kids. And they became, you know, I mean, geez, Louise, you guys couldn't even play D&D &D without it being from Satan. Everything was from Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it probably has something to do with uh, news and stuff um, becoming a money-making business. Yeah, that because if a kid got kidnapped, they made sure that they ran that story every single fucking day. Yeah. When did that switch over? When when did the news get all sensationalized? In the eighties. Uh, was it Walter? Was it Walter Cronkite who said he was in the room when he with the producers who and he he could tell you the exact. I think it was him who he could tell you the exact moment when um, they realized that they could be making a lot of money off the news. Yeah, yeah, and that's what happened when they realized that they can make them a lot of money off the news they the way they covered stories changed right mm -hmm. take for example what was the name of the guy scott peterson the guy who murdered his pregnant wife and dumped her in the yeah. bay and right so that, him on TV. that um, news story in the 
1970s, they would have reported her disappearance once, and then they would report on when he got arrested once, and then they would report when he went to jail once. That's it. But it because it happened in the 90s, that was like, they were reporting on nothing happening, but they still wanted to make sure that it got into, you know, got it because people are watching it. They wanted to know what happened. They sensationalized a lot of stuff, especially local news. And local news is really guilty of trying to push the ratings up so that they can make because now they became a money-making thing news story news programs were were losses for networks hmm. in the 60s and 70s and so their job was here's some news bye-bye and that was it <laughs> sports wasn't considered news but they put sports in you know the reason why they put sports into the half-hour news program was so that somebody would watch it because if they didn't put sports in there no one was watching it all the stuff that they report on traffic that wasn't a thing thing maybe if something exploded on a freeway somewhere but now they make it seem like i gotta check the traffic before i leave the house because it could be blocked it wasn't isn't there always traffic jam every single time yes but maybe it's worse this time (laughs) and that was the like the level of paranoia it's like i got left home a lot by myself you know and i was responsible for getting up and making my own breakfast making my own lunch and oftentimes making my own dinner and that was it and there wasn't like there were meat okay so here's the other I'll, i'll give you this other than breakfast cereal there was nothing else catered to a kid there wasn't like you guys had like was the uh, craft what are they called lunchables oh yeah I, I mean if we're talking about the 90s there was just a, a lot of junk food really horrible awful food that was catered mm-hmm. directly to kids right fruit by the yeah. foot fruit roll-ups there's uh, no fruit in it they had to spell it f-r-o-o-t or they were gonna get <laughs> they were gonna be shut down um <laughs> No, you had fruit by the foot. You had yogurts. You uh-huh. had gogurt. Let's stick yogurt in a tube. Baby bottle pops. Oh, I remember those. <laughs> Jesus. But if we're talking about licensing, you know, Marvel and Disney and all, and, and DC and all those things, they license literally everything. Mm-hmm. Like, like literally, I mean, toilet paper. You get you get Spider-Man <laughs> toilet paper. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's literally everything. <laughs> well, now, yeah, definitely. I don't remember licensing going that crazy. It's like, okay, so for The Empire Strikes Back, McDonald's didn't get the licensing for the empire strikes back do you know what the big collectible is from fast food restaurants for the empire strike back a set of glasses Mm. of drinking glasses i had them a set of drinking glasses that you could get from burger king right people always say where's the star wars happy meal well i mean the happy meal didn't come around until 1979 1980 Mm -hmm. and even then they hadn't worked out the whole licensing thing all the way um so they there's no star wars happy meal stuff or original uh, the original series um, and McDonald's didn't have a Happy Meal. They didn't work catering to kids. You know, you went in, you got a cheeseburger, you got a small fry and a, know, a small Coke, and you just left it at that. Um, and every once in a while, dad would get me a quarter pounder with cheese, and I would feel like a bit like I had grown up. Well, boy, I got a quarter pounder. <laughs> I, must be, I must be getting older. I'm going to graduate to the Big Mac. I hate McDonald's food so bad. <laughs> I really hate it. <laughs> the Big Mac is the worst sandwich ever created. It is not good. When was the last here? Let me ask you this question. When was the last time you guys had a Big Mac? I have never had a Big Mac. Good for you, Mike. 
I, the first time I had a Whopper was like a couple of years ago. Oh, really? What'd you think? Uh, it was good. Uh, it was, it was uh, pretty I good. You eating, I remember you talking about Whoppers all the time, honestly. You <laughs> remember me thing? eating Whoppers? I, I remember that being your thing, like in, in like right after high Maybe I'm wrong, but, but no. right after high school, Whoppers were your thing. There's something like that. It was something like that. It wasn't, maybe it wasn't Whoppers, but it was like, oh man, what the heck was it? Right after high school? Yeah, I remember you I remember you talking about Whoppers a lot. I just remember it. Really? I just remember it. I do. Yeah, I do. I do it was right before your Denny's period, you know, where you used to go to Denny's. Yeah. I remember you talking Whoppers. I think, because I remember thinking that Whoppers was like your gateway drug to Denny's. Wait, Mike had a Denny's thing? He did, yeah. I mean, I did too. I mean, you know, did you both? I mean, you come did? on. If you're, yeah. if, you're, if, you're, if you're living in the San Ramon Danville area, <laughs> There's the only thing that's open after <laughs> 9 p.m. is that. The most upscale thing is Denny's. Well, look, I did the same thing when I was going to DVC. Yeah. You went to what was open, but I think we had more options as to late night places where drunk old people get food and so like after after we would do like a show at dvc once the the show was over everyone would want to get food but we had like options we could go to denny's which we did the denny's in concord had an attached lounge with a bar which no we were still too young to go in and when i finally did after i turned 21 it was like one of the saddest places i've ever entered in my life because you're drinking at a bar at a denny's um, but it was like, we had that, we had lions, we had a th- place called the pepper mill. The pepper mill was like, someone came in in 1972 and said, I'm making a lounge for old men who want to drink and stare at ladies. And they made it. It was like awful. It never changed. I walked into one when I, in like 1988 and it was guys in like polyester leisure, leisure, leisure suits. And the P- women who worked there all were like maybe 18 to 22. And they made Made them wear this one piece pink sleeveless strapped jumpsuit with like a belt in the middle of it. <laughs> so you got their full form. It was like a pantsuit. It wasn't like a dress. <laughs> and that was their uniform. And you walked in and there's guys sitting around the fake gas fireplace drinking highballs, smoking little brown cigarettes. And the food was ghastly, but I mean, it was open. You could go. Um, but we had Denny's Lions. Was IHOP open all night? I can't remember. I don't think it was. Hmm. Maybe it was when I was when I was going. So I, I will forgive your Denny's obsession. Well, I, I mean, with me and Denny's, what it was usually is the band would play a show and then a whole, you know, us and whoever went to the show, we just be like, well, where are we, where, where are we going to go now? There's nowhere to go. Yeah. So we would go to Denny's. Yeah. And I remember, you know what? Yeah. I was just say, I remember one time uh, there was maybe like one person working there and there was maybe 20 of us mm-hmm. and he was super pissed off because, uh, yeah, I mean, it took like an hour and a half to get everybody's food and he was just <laughs> scowling at us the whole time. <laughs> you know, it really sucked when I moved to the city and I was doing stand up comedy. They had one chain in San Francisco called Zim's. Mm-hmm. And with Within two years of my moving there, they closed them. So there was like literally no place to go to get food at one o'clock in the morning unless you're willing to go into like the local liquor store that also sold food. Because San Francisco at the time, and it still kind of is this way, was fairly provincial. After two after two a.m., the whole city closes down. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to hang out. None of the bars are open. There's no 24-hour restaurants. I only know of one Denny's in the city, and I don't think it it's there even now. And it's not like exactly well located. It's like downtown and there was no other place like it. 
Um, thankfully, one of the Zims became privately owned and they changed the name and they stayed open because when I started working nights, I would go in, pick up my breakfast and go home. Um, but that was like, that was like a unicorn in the city. There wasn't any other place that was like open 24 hours selling crappy food, um, which sucked. I think we need to move on to the next topic. Yeah. <laughs> That is surprising, though, that San Francisco mm-hmm, would mm-hmm. have that problem. Yeah. Well, BART closes down in San Francisco at midnight, right? So, like, yeah, yeah. Before, because I think uh, I was living there right right when Uber started getting big. So, that kind of changed things a bit. But, like, before that, uh, yeah, I mean, people don't want to just ride the bus past midnight. Because it would only stay up. Yeah. It would only stay open. I think it would only stay up open a little bit on Halloween. Yeah. Halloween everything was pretty changed, much up. though. Like, when I was in San Francisco, from the time I moved there to the time I left, everything changed. Like, when I moved there, it was awesome it was, just, yeah. it was awesome they, they had these huge they had like for halloween they had the huge castro party there was just things sure. like that all the time where it was just it was like the wild west it was just fun you could just do whatever you wanted it was just crazy it was a crazy town by the time i mm-hmm. left all that stuff was done they they, oh, yeah. they you were not allowed to even drink with uh beta breakers they would they would go around and make sure you weren't drinking it's like that's the whole point of beta breakers like <laughs> people dress to watch them throw up and, when they get over yeah. the hill <laughs> yeah it's the whole point. I mean, when they it, got to the top of the Fell Street Hill, all these frat boys that put a, a float together, they they want to abandon it. It is the yeah. greatest thing in the world if you hate frats. Because you can see them dying by the time they get to the panhandle, and they're just crawling along. Yeah, that and all, all the nude people. Hey, San Francisco was a cool place, man. But like, yeah, it, it changed. It changed quite a bit by the time was a was a cool place. Yeah, to where yeah. you you used to be able to live there. There's not a place yeah. there that you can rent now in San Francisco, no, regardless of what neighborhood you were in, that you could yep. afford. So yeah, we're going on to the next topic. Matt, you have a topic. Uh, well, I mean, let's see. I was gonna bring up because we we spent a lot. Of time on this topic i mean do you want we could save the other two topics for the next podcast no we're doing it while three of us are here we all brought to- okay. topics do it. Do okay. it. uh my topic was which ninja turtle is the best oh no <laughs> in your opinion and that's why that's why i brought this up because this could go on for a while this could go on for a long oh, man yeah long for you two i don't know anything about this fucking thing i, I can only <laughs> reference the goddamn black and white comic in 1986 or 87 I think it was actually earlier than that, maybe '85 well, when I first saw it. You've seen the Henson movies, right? Sure, I saw the Henson movie. I didn't see the other ones. Oh, you know enough. You don't I, have to see the. Other I ones. know enough. I know enough. I'm gonna say that that I'm gonna say the Rhino guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's Bebop or Rocksteady. Rocksteady. I don't know. Yeah, the best Rocksteady. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle is Krang. <laughs> Who wants to kill them all. That's right. And only from the snippets that I saw on the cartoon show, because his voice was ridiculous. Krang, also, Krang. Was, yeah, man. Also, I love how they turned Shredder from a threat into a whiny little butthole on the show. <laughs> yeah. Manager of a pizza restaurant. <laughs> in the first episode, that's what he was doing. No, he wasn't. I, I remember. I see. I rewatched the pilot episode not too long ago, and I I was surprised because I didn't remember any of it because I think it changed dramatically really fast. But I remember there was a, a scene where April O'Neil goes walking into Ninja Pizza in Ninja Town or something like that, and she goes walking yeah. in. And there's Shredder behind the counter yelling at the employees, and she she backs out <laughs> very slowly. All I remember when I saw the cartoon was. How did it go from that to that? How did it go to something that was like directly for little kids? Right? Because I had seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kill people in the comic. And 
then I saw the t- cartoon show, and it it really felt like it was being made for four year olds. Yeah, and it was. I was a dumbfounded at how popular it became. Toys. Yeah, I know the toys. toys. I know. Yeah, the but toys. famously, like the toys was the way that they made them was actually pretty cool. Like if you were one of the people who were designing the toys, sure, they would let you go and actually design the toys. Like they'd say, hey, you know, go ahead and make whatever characters you want, and you would get credit for it and everything. And they they people were doing it, and that, that you know normally you would just make the toy that they say, hey. This is the character we want you to make. But they were actually like creating characters, like the, mm-hmm. the regular toy designers, which is pretty cool. I will say that a lot of them are pretty unique. Yeah. It, I, it's not like, for example, He-Man was pretty cheap. Yeah. You know, they would take the same body. They'd take the torso from Skeletor, the arms from another character, the legs from another character. And the only thing that they were really sculpting, and it wasn't even that great of a sculpt, would be the head and whatever unique thing was about the character right so it would be like an arm accessory or um you know they some of them were like ram man i don't even think his arms moved on it i think he was <laughs> just a dude with spring legs i think he right? showed up in the new cartoon for a minute i think he did too um but i mean it's like they were pretty cheap they reused they they reused a lot of their molds for their new characters but teenage mutant ninja turtles there was like a completely unique different character yeah that was like a full body sculpt from ground right. up it was a it was a full sculpt so they were putting you know, effort into it and look, look what they did for people like stan sakai like with y- usagi yojimbo like that that was a japanese comic and they they saw it and they really liked it and they brought him over and it's huge you know mm-hmm. like yeah. there's just it was a it was a time of creativity for toys like i, I know a lot of people look at it like it was the big it was like kind of like the center of the boom and it was but um i kind of think that it was like the good part of that you know like there's mm-hmm. definitely like the dark side of that toy boom and the saturday morning cartoon stuff but i kind of feel like ninja turtles they were still kind of embracing creativity that a lot of the people could put into it sure, sure. Um, it did go that. bad it did go bad but uh, oh you mean like when they started their own rock band and turned toward the country oh no that was still <laughs> that was still awesome but um it, <laughs> Okay, we got we lost track. Which one is the best one? Which one's the most? Uh, yeah, which one's the best one? You want to just go around around the table here? Yeah, you sure. go first. Someone go first. Matt, how about you go first? Yeah, you obviously no, have I'm an gonna opinion. Go I'm going last. Okay, fine, Mike. Uh, I'll say my favorite and least favorite. Okay, favorite is Leonardo. Least favorite is Raphael. Why is Raphael your least favorite? He's the badass Batman one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, He's angry I, all the time. I'll, I can get into Raphael, but uh, it's a it's a long winded <laughs> it's long winded. What is it? Come on, dude. You, you, well, you sh- okay, you have this team, right? And like everybody has their role, right? Leonardo's the leader. Donatello does machines, and Michelangelo <laughs> is the fun guy. But but then you have this other guy that's on the team, and his his ability is just to say, "Well, fuck it, I'm leaving," and then he just <laughs> storms off, right? But he's the angry brother. He's the he's the foil to every plan that they ever have. And it's like, man, why do they even do missions with this guy? Just let him just go without him. You know, yeah. he's he's mid management's worst nightmare is what he is. He's the guy that like if you're like managing a, a sandwich shop and you got a Raphael on your staff, you're just you're going home angry every night. You know, like, that's what, you... what I do think is funny about he's him. eating the cold cuts directly out of the bin. <laughs> what you got a problem with me doing this is they they live in New York. Yeah. But you have Raphael, who I would say is categorically has, you know, he's the New Yorker and then the, the other three are like fucking Californian. Yeah, that's know? right. None of them have accents. One of and them he, has a fucking surfer dude accent. And it must be just sure. chaos in his head because he's like, dude, I, you know, I grew up in New York. I, I you know, I, I'm a New Yorker, but you 
guys are are these like weird Californians that I have to, you know, it's like a completely so, different sensibility. Uh, funny enough, there is actually a reason for that. Okay. Um, no, there is. So Raphael, when they all mutated, right? Raphael was separate. Like he he for whatever reason I kind of forget, but he got separated. So he was actually running around by himself as like a newborn mutant turtle, uh, kind of out in New York. And the rest of them were sheltered <laughs> by Splinter in the in the uh, in the sewers. What happened? Why was he separated? I I forget, but uh, is this he the was IDW separated. canon? Uh, it's IDW, and I think it's um I think it was the Nickelodeon stuff too. Mm, okay. Okay. So they came up with a dumb. Well, I mean, they grew up in New York too, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, sheltered. They grew up watching television. Uh, they barely. They, they were the three of them were watching Surf Ninjas, and Raphael was watching uh, Goodfellas or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't have a preference. They all kind of mold, melt together. I do know Raphael's the dick, and like. <laughs> <laughs> and like um, Leonardo's like the Cyclops, isn't he? He's like the Cyclops of the yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. And then Michelangelo is Gadget Guy, and the last one is the retarded one. <laughs> Well, no, no, flipped, flipped. Oh, is it flipped? Yeah, so Donatello Which... does machines. Yeah. Okay, Donatello does machines. And, and Michelangelo is like Michelangelo is an idiot. He's slow. Yeah, he's a stoner. Yeah, so, guy. I, I mean, I kind of like the one that does machines because that implies that he's smart, yeah. right? I do yeah. hate the fact that in the, the song, it's he's the one that does machines. Yep. <laughs> how how all-encompassing is that, right? Like, in fact, if you were, like, a person who, if they, if, if they just that are like giving tasks like okay you're the party dude you're the guy you, you do the machines right like that that encompasses quite a bit of, like I, if I was Don Tubby like that's a lot of shit man that's like 15 PhDs I just do the machines like <laughs> I don't do machines I invent stuff I'm I'm smart I do yeah, machines yeah you do them you do them that's right you just do machines and you shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, they were they they have characters. They're, they're kind of baked in. Um, I don't know where the pizza obsession thing came from, other than kids like kids like pizza. Let's make them. That obsessed wasn't in with the pizza. comics. What, like the no, the it was not in the comics. Okay, no. you live in the New York City. You could have any kind of food delivered to you. They didn't have That's to. The, wait. What? I was just gonna say the black and white comics. They were kind of all the same. They were pretty much part. kind of all the same. Yeah, they were all Raphael's. Right, they were yeah. all pissed off. Yeah, they were all kind of pissed off well you would be too these guys have i mean let's face facts they are going to be alone for the rest of their lives mm -hmm. which will be a very long time considering how long turtles can live they're never gonna fall in love or get married until unless something really wrong happens in the group right well, well yeah. that's actually not true though uh wait there's girl turtles somewhere oh yeah now i mean there, there is the girl yeah. turtle i mean there there's a lot of there's, the mutagen kind of gets out and there's a lot of uh a lot of different in, in, but in all the in all the different iterations so like if you're talking well maybe not the movies but the cartoons the comics they all they all there's like a future far in the future where there's a whole bunch of mutants there's all there's fox women there's you know yeah but they're turtles that doesn't seem to matter they don't really care about it's just it, there's just this hard divide between mutants and animals or I mean, sorry okay. mutants and humans like the turtles don't seem to mind the bird people or whatever like it's it's just the humans and them don't get along okay i think they should have if they'd been in the marvel universe they could have gotten right. would they have been accepted 
to Charles Xavier's school for exceptional? <laughs> yeah, why not? Or do you have, have to be human, a human mutant? There's a bird person on the X-Men. There's a bird person. You know, a, a big corporate acquisition that I actually wouldn't mind is if Marvel did buy the Ninja Turtles. I, I think I think it wouldn't be a, a far cry to, to put them in that universe. No. That or in Disneyland. Yeah. Or in Disneyland. Can't you wait to see that rock and roll floor show? That'd be great. <laughs> After you get to see Darth Vader dance, you can get <laughs> the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show up. They're like, whoa, we're at Disneyland. And With then the ninja- you just walk oh, off. Sorry, and- <laughs> what were you going to say? Sorry, I was just going to go off on the spiel about how like they smell bad and like uh, I don't know. So, yeah, yeah, it's like in the movies, right? There, there's that scene where they're hiding in uh, April O'Neil's apartment, right? Because mm-hmm. that one delivery uh, guy comes yeah. over. Yeah. But like, if he was to walk into that apartment, the first thing he would smell is just like overwhelming fecal fecal matter. Yeah. Shit, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. You know, like with Shredder, I'm sure he wears that visor because it sort of covers his nostrils, right? Because he—that's the only way he can he like. Wears the visor because a rat scratched his face. Yeah, well, yeah but it also covers like, up the smell, you know? He can fight the turtles without vomiting. I do remember when... Let's the, not make when... fun of homeless people here, okay? <laughs> I do remember when they changed the origin of Splinter for the cartoon, being angry. Yeah. I remember being, no, Splinter was rad, and he learned how to fight. And then when I saw the live-action Henson one and saw how fucking ridiculous it actually looks, I went, okay, it actually works better if he was turned into a rat. <laughs> Yeah, I think the, the other way around. The the whole like thing where they're they're kind of um they're like spirits or whatever that have they're uh what like reincarnations of sure uh, these people. It's kind of like the yeah. the origin that they're going with now, uh just across the board. But um, okay, I don't think I'm really gonna good. put in my my vote. Yeah. Michelangelo is 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 my favorite only because if. <laughs> What if he was by himself and Splinter was stuck with him? Does he have, would he even ever become a ninja? Does he have the ability to, I mean, what's his weapon? It's a stick, isn't it? That's what John is, Pella. He's huh? got the nunchucks. He's got the nunchucks. Okay. So I don't know if he has the wherewithal. His attitude does not strike me as ninja, right? right. Granted, they never acted like ninjas at any point in the cartoon show. They were no. not ninjas. Right. They're, they're wearing bright outfits on top of their, you know, their bright green bright green coloring but i think mainly because i don't think he ever gave a fuck at all i don't think anything penetrated him to the stakes that were involved with any of the stuff that they were doing he i don't remember well i didn't really watch the show and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i don't remember anything really him impacting him hard right where he got sad or something maybe there was a very special episode of teenage mutant ninja turtles that i haven't seen where like his best friend died of crack or something and he's like whoa I'm like bummed now. And then he just (laughs) leaves. But I mean, it was just his voice and everything else. You could not take him seriously. And I kind of like that. That aspect of him is that I didn't have to take him seriously. He was the lowest effort character on the show. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. The vocal actor didn't have to work hard. And then I don't think there was any. Were there any Michelangelo specific episodes that said anything? Yeah. Said anything about his character or anything like that? Yeah. Like he he was the he was the kind of their uh, bridge to the beauty animals and all that like all those like skateboarding geckos and all that crap oh. <laughs> he, he was like friends with all those guys okay and were those guys humans that turned into them or were they geckos yeah they were they were humans that turned it, they, it well kind of a mix honestly okay 
But that's my vote. Okay, what's yours, Matt? So I was originally going to say Donatello, right? And and the reason was is because I think at first glance, obviously, he's he's the most useful. He's the one who, I mean, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have, like, literally, they'd be sitting in a dark sewer uh, with <laughs> with no food, no nothing, eating moldy pizza because they have no refrigerators, no lights, no no nothing, right? Like, right. That, he does the machines, which encompasses literally everything, you know? <laughs> I mean, we're talking TVs to just whatever, defibrillators even, you know? Know, like yeah. whatever to they a need. van that that shoots uh but yeah manhole the covers cell phones to their to their phones to everything oh yeah, like yeah he, phone. those special little turtle phones like he literally not only does he encompass everything he does it with style right like he makes turtle themed vans and turtle themed communicators and blimps and blimps <laughs> that you know i mean like the dude the dude is working pretty hard but you're and, not picking him but i'm not okay, i was going to but it kind of put me into this this train of thought of like what do they all actually bring and uh it made me think of why why the turtles have lasted this long why are they so popular why why and, and you we could say it's the toys we could say it's the, you know all this different those but i think it's a specific thing and mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of clones we've seen street sharks we've seen biker mice we've seen channel toads none of them have the lasting power by far right like they don't even near they maybe last a year or two before people really start even they stop they, they just stop caring about them sure and i think that the turtles if you strip away the fact that they're ninja turtles and they're ridiculous and all this stuff if you look at them they are almost the perfect team, right? They're almost the perfect group. The way that that each of their personalities interact with each other, and what did each of those personalities um, offer and and balance each other out? They they give everybody kind of like like everybody has a turtle, right? That they can they can really like, or everybody has different different turtles that they like feel mirror their own personalities. And I I, I kind of feel like it's a very balanced out thing. And one of the one of the reasons that the two creators uh, Leard and Eastman stopped talking to each other in the first place is they introduced the fifth turtle. And when that happened, you know Leard had said. Oh, this is going to throw the whole dynamic off, right? And he was right; mm-hmm. it did. Um, it did. Who throw was the, whole the fifth off. proposed turtle? Venus de Milo. Yeah, Venus de Milo. She was. It was a girl turtle. It was a girl and, turtle. Okay. And it, it wasn't the fact that she was a girl that threw it off. It's just those four personalities balance each other out, right? And offer something to the group that the other ones don't. And uh, so, like Leonardo's the leader, right? And you know, he's got the, the good aspects of that and the bad aspects of that. Uh, Raphael is the moral compass, right? He's always angry, but he's angry for a reason, like. He gets angry when when they are doing something that like he like he thinks that they should not let this injustice happen or, or you know like he thinks that this rule is bullshit or whatever and the rest of them don't have that same fortitude he that's that's what he rages against right and that's what he gets all pissy about and it's kind of a it kind of pulls them back down to to compromise with him and in that way they kind of they have to do they he's like the moral compass you know what I'm saying okay uh, Michelangelo's not only is he like the party dude who obviously livens things up he's also the little brother he's the youngest out of all of them but and so came he from eggs how wait <laughs> yeah he's the youngest he's the, he's he is the little brother they were all born at the same time they're the same age aren't they no they're not well, i mean almost they're okay. almost the same age but they do regard him as like the the youngest one okay i think i think the oldest one's leonardo second oldest is Raphael. then is donatello and then it's michelangelo Okay. That came up. Uh, that came up. I think that's the the predominantly started with the uh, the the Captain Picard movie, the one that Captain Picard was in. Um, was oh, that, the 2006 one or whatever. Yeah, I think that's when that got that got brought up. Okay. So because everybody's you know referring to him as a little brother and all that, and and since then they've kind of treated it like that, where he's kind of he's the impressionable one, um, but he's also the one who like you know at key moments kind of like reminds them of what the right thing to do is, or kind of like when they've strayed from the path, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. 
Donatello, obviously, his his worth is uh, is pretty obvious, right? Does sure. Does there was there was a I remember there was like a I forget if it was a cartoon or a comic where he was actually offered to be like a, a omnipotent being, which is pretty stupid. But uh, the, like he was some I forget what it was, but there's like some god or whatever that says like you know you're you you deserve you could you you know you're allowed to be omnipotent if you want to be, and he he turned it down. But that was obviously a pretty dumb pretty dumb story. But wait, so are you choosing all of them as the best one? I'm I'm gonna choose Donatello. I'm gonna choose him as my favorite one. Okay. But but this is also an argument of um, of just kind of saying that you know out of all the teams avengers justice league whatever even even like sitcoms like friends or seinfeld or whatever you know out of all of them i think a, a good like if you're ever going to write like a team or like a group or whatever like the the best the best uh like structure Eternals. you can use is the ninja turtles i agree with that, that those four personalities are are the best place to start whenever you're doing anything well let's face facts they just stole the fantastic four well, okay if you're to take the seinfeld cast mm. george would be the one that does machines kramer <laughs> Kramer's yeah. the party dude. Uh, Lane's not really Raphael, so I, I don't know if that works. It doesn't. New- Newman? <laughs> no, but if you take the original Fantastic Four, you have the leader, Reed Richards, who was also the Donatello. Um, well, yeah, have... so that's what I was going to say, is it's close. Like, I think the Fantastic It's close, Four but it's not exact. It. Yeah. I think they almost hit it, and I do believe that you're right, like, the fan- the Ninja Turtles could have built it, like, built off of it, but I think the Ninja Turtles nailed it. Fantastic Four almost had it. Almost. You know almost. what I mean? Like, so, like, if this, is how, if this is How I Met Your Mother, Doogie Howser would be <laughs> Michelangelo. Yeah. The, that big... Uh, the, the <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> you have to find a show that has four characters in it. Seinfeld was the closest one. Yeah. <laughs> Friends, right? Chandler would be Raphael. Okay, so if it was Star Trek, it would be... <laughs> Donatello would be Mr. Spock. I guess Raphael would be Dr. McCoy. Um, Leonardo would be Kirk. And, uh, well, they didn't really have a joke em up character in Star Trek. Right. Did Scotty. It's Scotty. Scotty. Scott, but Scotty's Chekhov. like an engineer. He's got a job. Yeah, Chekhov, right. maybe. Chekhov, maybe. There you go. We had to reach then, down to the second tier level of Star Trek to be able to, to fill Luke it in. Skywalker. Luke Skywalker is Leonardo. Han Solo is Raphael. Chewbacca. Baca is probably Michelangelo. Or no, C3, probably C3PO. And uh, uh, um, R2-D2 would probably be Donatello, right? Sure, but you forget that uh, Chewbacca. Chewbacca knew how to fix the ship. Yeah, be Chewbacca probably. He's an engineer. Yeah. So he Darth could be Donatello Vader, too. Darth Vader, <laughs> Vader is Shredder. Shredder. Yeah, for sure. Darth Vader versus Shredder. How long would that be? Uh, not long. Last time I checked, Shredder's not wearing Beskar armor. <laughs> you guys ever watch those Bat in the Sun YouTube movies that they've been doing for like ten years? Where no. they, they do like, uh, it, they're actually they're actually really really well done. Like the the one that they did that Batman versus Darth Vader, I felt like it was actually better than. And I'm not I'm not inviting a huge long conversation about this because it could turn into one. But I think it was actually <laughs> better than like the graphics, the, the the cinematography and everything was better than like Batman versus Superman or whatever. Like Who it, won? It looked ba- better. Ba- Darth Vader won. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's I think I've, I've seen that one actually. Uh, Batman comes in comes in uh, with the Batwing or something, right? He does, yeah. He comes uh, in the Batwing. I mean, that's not that's really cool. fair. Batman has no powers. You can't <laughs> no, really pair him up against anybody and expect uh, with just his, you know, his street fighting gear and win against. Batman's uh, all about all about preparation, right? Right. They take that into account, though. Uh, do they, they really? really? Do. Yeah, because okay. there's one where he fights Wolverine and he just kind of like runs into him and he does the best he can, but man, Wolverine lays him out. Oh yeah. Yeah, but Batman would have would have led him into like an auto junkyard and turned on that big freaking magnet and. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that would have been it for Wolverine, into, huh? Yeah, he does lead him into an area he thinks he can get a better jump on him, but it's not like he he just kind of runs into him and then tries to do the best he can. So he doesn't he doesn't do well. Darth Vader he does, but Darth Vader he does he has time to prepare. So they 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 put that into into account, mm-hmm. but he still loses. Okay. Yeah. Poor Batman. Is it my turn? Can I do my tie? You know, very, very I was just going to say, yeah. you know what Batman reminds me of? What? Being, hungry, being hungry for a, a certain food. What? Batman cereal? <laughs> there was a Batman cereal. I remember it came yeah. out when the first uh, Tim Burton Batman came out. It looked like the same garbage every time they make a movie <laughs> cereal. Except I think that it was like little bat symbols, I think. On marshmallows, probably, right? Mm-hmm. Probably. There was so much fucking garbage they they sold to you guys. Uh, the, why do so many of your guys in your generation have fond memories of Ecto Cooler? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Do you Bring remember it how it tastes? If they brought it back, I remember how drink it tastes. Go, mm, this tastes like diabetes. What? <laughs> I do not remember how it tastes at all, but uh, it's just the name, you know, just the name. I'm willing to bet it's a lost, it's a lost formula. It's like Baja Blast, right? Like, is that what it tastes like? Baja Blast? Mm -mm. That was a Capri, that was also a Capri Sun, right? Because I think Echo Cooler was a high C. Baja Baja Blast was Mountain Dew. Yeah. And that's still around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's Taco Bell, yeah. Listen, when it's 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night and you're you're just feeling awful. (laughs) (laughs) You can say stone when you're stoned out of your mind. When you when you're just down and out, you know, go when to Taco Bell, get colors some ba- and communicating with the universe. <laughs> get some Baja Blast and it'll fix you right up. I can confidently say I have never drank Mountain Dew. That's the good. Name, <laughs> the name put the main the name put me off. I was like Mountain Dew. <laughs> That's a hillbilly drink. And then it turns out it was marketed as a hillbilly drink. Their original mascot was a hillbilly. No shoes, bib overall, straw hat. (laughs) Can I do my topic now? Absolutely. Okay, here's my topic. Out of all the cereal mascots that you've ever known, which one needs therapy and why? Oh, We're talking about party. Which one needs therapy and why do they need therapy? Dude, the Trix Rabbit, for sure. Why? Because that guy gets like, he's so desperate for the Trix cereal. And and, Uh and it's like, we're watching these commercials where these kids know this and they just fucking torment him. (laughs) Sure. His whole life is is, uh, chasing this thing that these people are now uh intentionally keeping from him sure uh you know so that that's my that's my pick but or you never Barney asked Rubble. Yourself, how did he get that way yeah good question how did the trickish rabbit get that way <laughs> was he a normal rabbit at some point and the kids did that to him <laughs> were they like eating breakfast outside for some reason <laughs> and this rabbit's like eating just eating some grass or whatever rabbits eat in the wild and they're like come here rabbit come here try also, this and he's like, no no i mean we know that the kids are eating trick cereal spelled t-r-i-x but how do we know that the tricks rabbit isn't like the tricks rabbit as in t-r-i-c-k-s you know what i mean well i think the tricks rabbit originated as the rabbit that comes out of a hat in a magic trick oh you'll notice he has <laughs> no name he has so identified with his addiction that he has no name they call him the Trix Rabbit. His He's name could tricks. be his name could be Clement, and no one knows because no one bothers to ask this miserable creature who seeks Trix cereal like Gollum seeks the ring. And <laughs> and they're just he like, suffers. He suffers from uh, what's the word? Avarice. He is needs it avarice? Is that a psychological he, disorder though? He has he has a 
a, a nonstop need to uh, acquire tricks tricks cereal, right? I mean, that, sure. that is a thing. And he'll do anything but for it. Remember what they always remember what they always tell him. Silly rabbit. Tricks are for kids. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> and you're he's not, a rabbit. You're not a kid. You're a rabbit. <laughs> it's against the law or something. When they invented tricks, they said it's for kids only. Fuck everybody else. Right? I also, you know, I also feel like a pretty tumultuous serial character situation. I don't know if this requires therapy or maybe like friendship therapy or something. But like, like if uh, <coughs> uh, Fruity Pebbles and and Cocoa Pebbles <laughs> is canon, yes, that means that Fred and Barney went from having like a normal adult friendship. <laughs> To Barney just <laughs> breaking into Fred's house, stealing, stealing his cereal. Stealing his food. Maybe <laughs> it started as like a good way. Like Wilma was like, hey, Fred's going to die of a heart attack soon <laughs> if he doesn't stop eating. And so he goes, no worries, Wilma. I'll go in there and steal all of his food and he'll he's lose weight. He's trying to save his life. That's right. He's <laughs> trying to prevent. But then he eats it in front of him, right? He invents mm-hmm. something and he's like, so long, Fred. And he's eating his cereal. I think Fred could justifiably homicide Barney at some point sure like, that's, with a gun that, with a handgun that's just a little pterodactyl that shoots uh well, a bullet we've, seen guns in, we've seen guns in the flintstones they look like a gun except you pull back with your thumb a rock that's attached to a rubber band and then you let it go and i guess it achieves bullet velocity <laughs> so which one has the mental problem is it barney is he a kleptomaniac is he being cruel? Is he a psychopath? I think he's kind of lost his mind, yeah. I, I, <laughs> like, who does I mean, that? I mean, here's the thing. Barney has a job, right? He can buy his own goddamn Fruity Pebbles whenever he wants to. Yeah. But he chooses to steal Fred's. I mean, this this is a different society at a different time period. We don't know what's acceptable now. You know? Do I mean, we know? Or law. This is pre-law, right? Do no, we had... know for sure that Barney has a job? Yeah, we do know yeah. for sure. Barney does have a job. What's his job? Um, I don't know. I don't think they ever... The Brontosaurus plant or whatever that is. The Brontosaurus plant! I think he works with Fred, though, doesn't he? Don't they, I don't think he works at the quarry. Because remember, Barney has that really nice-looking, almost sports car-looking car. And Fred yeah. has this dumpy station wagon. So is this like a car. rich stealing from the poors? Like he just thinks he owns the poor? Well, I mean, they live right next to each other in the same housing development. They have practically yes. the same house. Maybe he maybe just he gets... Maybe they're retired, and with a lack of something to do. Barney's much. How, what? Barney. Barney's much older than than uh, we think he is. <laughs> well, you know, back then, I mean, people used to die at the age of like twenty or twenty five or whatever. Right? Yeah, and caveman like, times. So he's like thirty. Caveman time. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's old. Fred and Wilma got married at the age of nine. They probably <laughs> had pebbles at around ten or eleven. They're like at death's door. That's, well, that's yeah. the thing. Uh, Betty and uh, Barney had to adopt. They adopted Bam Bam. No, that's right. Because they couldn't have kids on their own. Because someone right. in there was shooting blanks, and you know it was, and you know it was Barney. And so Barney is probably acting out out of this this deep genetic rage over not being able to have his own child. And what they do get is a freak. He's way stronger than anyone else in that show. Yeah. And when he grows up, what? 
I mean, because they did do that. There were teenage oh, versions yeah. of yeah. Pebbles and Bam Bam. The Pebbles and, and Bam, Bam Bam show. Yeah, the Pebbles and Bam Bam show, where they had a rock band, because you had to. It was the 1970s. By law, if you were if you had a cartoon and it was produced by Hanna-Barbera, you were sleuths, and you had one animal sidekick that can talk, and you were in a band. Baby yeah. boomers, man. Damn. <laughs> okay, Matt, what's yours? Uh, you know, I'm I am I'm torn between two answers here. Okay. One is the obvious one of Snap, uh, Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Is that their names? The, yeah. The, uh, those three. The Rice Krispies. The, yeah, the Rice Krispies. Uh, Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Because right. those three are, I, I, I'm guessing, triplets. Um, and way too happy and tied to each other for life. And I imagine that would create a lot of <laughs> a lot of problems. Uh, the other one, for your consideration, is Booberry, the ghost. Booberry. Booberry. Hmm. So. Oh, because he's dead. <laughs> One, he's dead, right? So that's already a, a pretty big thing. He's dead. Two is, it looks to me like before he died, he maybe lived his life as like a, he's selling popcorn at a carnival or something. Like he was like a, uh, he was some type of, I, I'm guessing he was a carny of some sort. He was, he was a carny! <laughs> Some type of carny, and okay. you don't really know. You don't know what's his deal. You don't know sure. what's where he's he just. He's just, and I think really his whole story could be told by just looking at his face. Right? He's got that smile, but those are some sad eyes, friend. <laughs> those are some sad eyes, and and what those? What is he's hiding? I don't know. Well, but he knows. He, is, uh... he knows what lies beyond death, and that's <laughs> hawking cereal to children. <laughs> For eternity. That's his punishment. So, <sighs> Booberry would be my answer. Uh, okay, Booberry. <laughs> Severe depression. And the worst part is he can see the therapist all he wants, but he can't take prescription medication for it. No. He can't take Xanax because he's incorporeal. There's nothing, unless they figure out how to make ghost Xanax, and I don't even want to know the science behind that. Maybe one of the Ghostbusters can come up with it. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so here's mine. And he's going to go in for persecution complex and PTSD. And that's Lucky from Lucky Uh, Charms. uh. The man can't have a moment of peace for himself. (laughs) He cannot. As soon as kids show up, they're like, pin him down, pee in his face and take his cereal. (laughs) And he like tries to escape. Then despite all of this, I can see him sitting on the couch going, I have all of these magic powers and I cannot escape the children. I can conjure things out of nothing. And these children still seem to get my cereal. Why can't, why am I powerless to control my fate? And you you have to imagine like him going to sleep at night. He's not sleeping. He's not sleeping because the kids (laughs) are going to show up at any minute because they pop in. He, I mean, how many of the, the, the fricking commercials start with one, Lucky just walking down a road. (laughs) And a bunch of kids go, look, it's Lucky. Let's get his Lucky Charms. And then he conjures a car that he drives away. He talks about the cereal to nobody. And (laughs) then he crashes the car and the kids get the cereal. And when did he get the job to be the keeper of the cereal? All the other leprechauns just have to guard gold. But he's gotten this, what honestly is one of the worst cereals in the world. I mean, when was the last time you guys had Lucky Charms? Oh, man. It's been a while. It was literally like... well, we've put enough sugar in this cereal, but we've got to make it worse for children. What can we add to it to make it even worse and less like a breakfast item? And someone said, marshmallows? 
<laughs> and instead of taking that man away and putting him in jail, he probably got a promotion because he said, let's put marshmallows in breakfast cereal that we're giving to children and pretend that it's healthy. And I'm like, oh, that's great. That's great. And then someone said, they don't have to be real marshmallows, sir. They can be chemical composites of marshmallows. <laughs> like, you know how marshmallows are soft and, you know, you could chew them. They're actually made out of something natural. How about we, like, basically buy excess chalk and <laughs> color it and put it in a kid's cereal? It is very chalky. Yeah, that's... <laughs> It's not yeah. a marshmallow, is it? And when it gets wet, it turns slimy. So these same executives sat around, and they must have hated the Irish. That's the only thing I can think of. They're staring at this, this bowl of monstrous, monstrous nutritional proportions. And they're going, okay, what does it look like? <laughs> How can we sell this? Can we make the, the marshmallows different shapes? Yeah, we can make hearts and clovers and diamonds, blue moons. Blue moons. They, they keep adding a marshmallow every once in a while. Um, and I'm like, great. Oh, someone, again, got a promotion and said, they're like Lucky Charms. And someone went, oh, that's great. Now we have the name. Who do we give for a mascot? And someone who fucking hated the Irish <laughs> Let's make it a leprechaun with an Irish accent who's constantly <laughs> being chased for the rest of his days by children. The kids don't give a shit about Lucky, do they? No. All they want is their bowl of cereal because they're starving. Did these children not get breakfast before they left the house? Do they need to have a bowl of cereal right then and there? It's a power move by the children. So, of course, Lucky's going to wind up in therapy. I mean, I'm surprised if they... If, okay, if I was making the commercials, one of them would start with Lucky attempting suicide. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't take it anymore. Look, it's Lucky! He's trying the easy way out! Let's get him! You're not going anywhere. <laughs> You're not going nowhere! It's like trying to figure out the psychology of, um, and this one's not cereal, um, Kool-Aid Man, right? Oh. Does Kool-Aid Man have a house? Does he Does he sleep? I think he <laughs> just runs straight from one target to the next, you know? Like, he is, he's like a bloodhound. He but knows it, where people need it. But you know where people need it? In the desert, where there are no walls for him to smash through. Yeah, that'll kill so, him. <laughs> But that's where the people need it. That they're, they're dying of thirst. But he won't go there because there's nothing for him to smash through. Right. He Smashing through is part of his thing. It right? is. He made the promise a long, long time ago when he was cursed with this. That if he that he will continue bringing people Kool-Aid when they need it. But only under the, the condition that it could be a complete surprise. And he could smash through a wall to get it to him. Is it a surprise in that world, though? I mean, I would think so. If, if more than four children gather together and talk about how hot it is <laughs> they know he's gonna break through the window and pour juice out of his head and they're gonna drink it and yeah. what is the metaphor behind that let's drink the red juice out of this man's head <laughs> i guess that's true it is Some kinda, people, what? Oh, go ahead go ahead no what were you gonna say i think especially with cereal but with a lot of these foods and and at least like when i was a kid and looking back at it now it is really so, kind of scary how psychotic the whole thing is you know <laughs> um you know which ones are the worst though and you guys got these with both barrels uh -huh. the kids against adult commercials oh yeah those didn't exist when i was growing up in the 70s cinnamon crunch and uh apple Jacks and Apple Jacks 
And there was a whole bunch of stuff where kids... Th- there was recently one, I think it was Egos, where all the father fucking wants to do is eat breakfast and then go to a job that he hates to make <laughs> money to feed his children. And his fucking daughter won't let him do it. Wow. She's like, hey, let me go my ego. And he's like, I hate hunger. And she's like, I don't care. Go make money, daddy, so I can steal more of your food. It was like the ones when they did, remember when they did Kraft macaroni and cheese? Mm-hmm. And it was only for children? Because only children's mouths are dead enough to accept <laughs> that slop into it. But they wanted us to make pretend that adults still find it good. And they made it again. Kids versus parents. And I I don't yeah. know. I kind of blame Nickelodeon. I sure. think Nickelodeon started that shit. Kid power. Kid the power. Kid, kid power culture of uh, of the 90s. Right. Yeah. But I, th- I think it would have been a better service if they had been honest with children. Which is, you don't have any power, kids. You don't <laughs> actually have power. You don't understand that, right? <laughs> Ultimately, all of these other authority figures are going to put you in your place. So don't steal food from your parents. How about that? What's interesting is I wonder if I wonder if the strategy with that was was something like, you know, oh, hey, you know, I bet kids don't feel like they have power. So let's let's make these commercials where they can fantasize about having power. That's sure. probably what it was, right? Yeah, probably. Well, that's exactly what it was. But I mean, in the remember in those because commercials for kids just went absolutely bonkers in the 90s mm-hmm. where there was so much going on. And anytime they showed an adult, they were like really old. And, you know, nagging or something like, you know, they were like a stereotypical housewife from the 1950s, except fat and old and the hair was in curlers. Or if they were a teacher, they all look like witches. And you'll notice they never put cops in there. I would love to see some of They rebel against the police for these fruit roll-ups. You never, you never got that. And radical was said, I mean, I think radical was said in every commercial once for 10 minutes for like 10 different products. And everyone was shouting. Everyone was shouting about whatever product it was. Gushers. <laughs> and it was never anything good. It was like, whoa, apples. It was like always some bizarre chemical bullshit that they wanted kids to eat and pretend that it had fruit in it or something. Well, with Apple Jacks, I remember that it was the same commercial. It was the same punchline over and over again, where it was just basically, you know, oh, why do you call them Apple Jacks if they don't taste like apple? And then the kids would just be like, because because you don't get it, parents. Yeah, they don't have to taste like anything. We'll yeah. eat anything if it's marketed to us. <laughs> I'm asking a logical question. Why is it called Apple Jacks? This thing that you are putting into your body right now, you might want to ask if it doesn't taste like apple, maybe what the fuck is in it then? How about that? I mean, kids ain't going to ask that question. No, of course not. Just as long as it tastes good. And it's a valid question. What they still call it Apple Jacks. Yeah. Yeah. We have no, I mean, we understand honeycomb because honeycomb's big. Yeah. 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 It's not small. (laughs) No, no, no. Honeycomb is too large for the average mouth. <laughs> it's a choking hazard. Two young kids. It li- I, have you guys ever? Have you guys had Apple Jacks since you've turned to an adult? No. no. I, I mean, I don't think we even had them as a kid. I don't think you. You had Kicks or something. Yeah, Kicks. But I also that, like we had call... that cereal that was like almost fun kids cereal. The least like, fun like the... cereal you could possibly eat for children. Yeah. Cheerios. Cheerios. Uh-huh. Which are always tasted sour to me. Really? Like, yeah, like a little sour. Huh. Plain Cheerios. Kicks. 
Um, I didn't really, I don't really like sugary cereal. So like my favorite, the most sugary I would ever get would be like cinnamon life cereal, maybe. Mm. And then uh, my favorite was grape nuts without sugar on it. I would pour milk on it, walk away for a half hour and then come back and it would be mush and then I would eat it. Um, But yeah, you guys, Kix is what I used to call toddler chow because it's like the least effort. You could easily someone pouring kicks into the bowl of a chimpanzee in a zoo, uh-huh. and they'd be like, arr, arr, arr. <laughs> "Eat it." Well, there's like nothing to it, right? It it <laughs> sort of tastes like nut. It it just is balls of nothing, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, do you know what the most popular life cereal? Most popular? No, oh, I've already said the brand. Fuck it. Never mind. In the 1970s, we had a commercial called Mikey Likes It. Oh, That's yeah. how everyone called it. The total commercial for this cereal is uh, what you doing eating life cereal give some to mikey and they said no mikey hates everything something along those lines and then mikey takes the ball <laughs> and he starts eating it and they're astonished and they go mikey he likes it that's the total no one's yelling no one says radical there's no cartoon fucking goddamn thing running around either trying to get or fleeing from the children who want the cereal it's just a bunch of ugly 70s kids sitting around a table. That's the whole commercial. Contrast that to like 10 years later, maybe mm-hmm. even just 12 years later, that same commercial, everyone's yelling at you to eat it or how it's a symbol of parents don't understand and you should get it. So go beg your parents, you know, the ones we just told you don't understand you. <laughs> And let's yell more and let's put some shit in there. The one that I think that gets away with all that doesn't have any psychological problems that we're aware of uh, is Captain Crunch. Yeah. He's just having fun. I like that Fruit Loops guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's just hanging around in the forest. He can smell Fruit Loops. He likes Fruit Loops. There happens to be Fruit Loops. So he eats them. No big deal. But Tony the Tiger should go to jail. Because he wants to make pretend that you can eat sugar-frosted flakes, and it somehow makes you perform better in sports. (laughs) I mean, he's ripped. Of course he's ripped. He's a paid spokesperson. If he loses (laughs) his physique, he gets fired. The best part about all those cereal commercials is at the very end they go, it's a part of this complete breakfast, and then it's literally a complete breakfast plus the bowl of cereal. Yeah, you you could easily extract the bowl of cereal, and it's still a complete breakfast because they have... Oh boy, they have juice, fruit, <laughs> toast, and a glass of milk. Yep. And it's like, oh, well, you could just have that stuff. But it was, I mean, it was just basically breakfast dessert. And then they just said, fuck it. <laughs> We'll make cookies in the cereal. Fuck it. We don't care anymore what we're doing. We're evil. Let's put Reese's peanut butter cups in the cereal. <laughs> Let's make candy bars into cereal. We don't care. We're literally demons. We've crawled up from hell and we're just doing it now. So fuck you. And some of them didn't catch on. It was like they would. They made donut uh, donuts. There was a donuts one. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Jesus. It, it has like dust on the outside, which is nothing but sugar. Yeah. Right? Um, what are some of the other dessert ones? I mean, they have literally made candy bars into cereal. Yeah, I mean, there's been some. There's been yeah. some awful ones. I, I uh, rice crispy treat uh, cereal where they would like it would, uh, you know, the, you have those rice crispy treat bars, right? Yeah. But they would just take t- chunks of that, and then that was a cereal. 
No. No. I, I don't. I don't like it. We're yeah. going to wrap up, but first I'm going to tell you what my serial creation was. I, I am amazed that it's never been made. Great. Mine would be nautical, <laughs> nautical themed, and it would be called Bucket of Chum. And it would have a shark's spokesperson and it would have it would be kind of like lucky charms it would you'd have the oat bits right but they'd be made to look like fish bones and then you'd have the organs of the fish that are red and those are the marshmallow bits and when you pour milk on it your bowl turns red and you have to eat it I'm, I'm it literally that. turns the yeah. bowl into a bucket of chum <laughs> Okay, we're done. That's pretty I think good. we're done. I think we're done. We've done an hour and 45 minutes. Good job, you guys. We did it. We yeah. talked about all kinds of things today. We did. We did. You made me talk about the 70s. Made me depressed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for har, 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 this is Jason, the old one. Matt, the second oldest one. And I'm the kid, Mike. I can't wait until you're 50 doing it. I'm the kid, <laughs> Mike. I'm the kid. <laughs> I hurt myself getting out of the shower today. <laughs> Didn't trip or fall, just lifted my leg like normal and all the muscles pulled. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, while I'm talking, dust is falling out of my mouth. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to another Har Har Har. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Har 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 is a Lemmy Listen podcast production with Matt Harding, Mike Harding, and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Music by Riddlecall. Find more of his music at www.soundcloud.com slash Riddlecall. R-I-T-O-R-I-K-A-L. Lemmy Listen productions are listener funded. If you'd like to help fund these podcasts, go to www.patreon.com slash Lemmy, L-E-M-M-E underscore listen. And thanks for listening. Thank you.